You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Afghanistan weren't there in 1992. That's what we were saying all the way through the chase as the Cricket World Cup table propers up looked like causing an almighty upset against semi-final hopefuls Pakistan, the history boys. But Safra's men held their nerve, coming out the right side of a thriller for the third time at the competition. And then at Lords, Australia marched on. It was a game full of classic moments without being anywhere near to a classic. There were two of the catch of the tournament from Steve Smith and Martin Guptill, Smith took his first ODO wicket in 1,679 days, and Trent Bolt claimed the first World Cup hat-trick by a New Zealander. But, in the end, Australia ran out easy winners by 86 runs. They didn't have it all their own way though, and this one I'm going to bring in the suave Taha Hashim, style guru and one of Wisdom's own for his podcast debut on the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. Taha, Welcome. That's, that's quite the intro, Ben. Thank, thank you for that. I've been languishing in the reserves for quite some time, waiting for a first team call-up, so uh, good to be here. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely long overdue. Okay, well, let's, let's get right to it. Uh, what is your moment of the day? Uh, my moment of the day uh, was Lockie Ferguson's first ball today, uh, where he sort of bowled a shot bouncer, got Warner's glove, and, you know, David Warner departed. But Ferguson really is just... He's been my player of the tournament for me, really. I've, I've loved watching him. Um, I love the whole look, you know, the long sleeves, the black shoes. Um, I know it's quite contentious, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I love the moustache. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, he's a, he's a pretty good bowler too, isn't he? And to get yeah. Warner today, who's been, you know, who's, who's had a very good World Cup. Um, it, was a, it was a fantastic delivery. And I just, there's something about watching Ferguson bowl. I think he's just, um, he's been up there as... Probably, yeah. Well, for me, play of the tournament. Yeah. Was there a bit of a, a up, not, not an up yours to the captain, but a sort of a, I, I, I can bowl too? Because he Matt Henry was left out today and came and gave the, the new ball to 
to Colin de Grandhomme to uh, sort of swing it at 78 miles an hour. And he did, he did a brilliant job. He kept it very quiet. And then, as you say, Ferguson comes on and, and strikes straight away. Was that, did you sense a bit of that? He was like, uh, give me the new ball next time, Skip? Or Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. You see, you see Trent Ball is, is quite quick coming at one yeah. end. And then ML comes <laughs> Colin de Grandhomme. Uh, not bad volder, uh, but, but a trundler. Yeah, a trundler. A, a yeah. Very good one, but yeah. A very good one, yeah. But then you know, this Ferguson came. I think Ken Williams said this in the press conference uh, after the game. Ferguson, you, you can bring him on at any time, and, and he'll get, get you wicket. Similar to what Stark is for Australia. Um, I think Ferguson sort of taking that role for New Zealand, and um, you know, I don't, I don't care if he's not, you know, given the new ball. And he's, you know, I, I like watching him just bang it in, and, and that's what he did today. Yeah, and as you say, Australia's opening pair both fell cheap to death. Only the second time in the tournament that neither of them has passed 50. And uh, they were, what, 92 for five at some point, at one point in Australia? And you, they were they, they were really struggling, weren't they? And uh, like, just again, I guess, without looking at their absolute best, they kind of found a way. Yeah, you feel like New Zealand have done the hard work. Um, Finch and Warner have just, they've been brilliant for Australia. They, they, they were the other day at Lords uh, against England. Um, yeah, they've got, then, got yeah. Smith, Maxwell too cheaply is yeah, there, yeah. Um, some brilliant catches in there yeah. um, that I'm sure we'll get to yeah. Um, but yeah they, they've done the hard work but then Alex Carey who's you know quietly having just a brilliant tournament you know he got that against India he was he was that guy who got I think 50 off 25 balls mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't you know he's not brute strength he's not you know you look at Josh Butler for England wicket batsman who's just explosive Carey doesn't seem that way but he's a very smart cricketer and he just finds the gaps. He was timing the. He was playing on a different pitch today, mm-hmm. uh, timing the ball brilliantly, uh, driving well, pulling well. And then Kawaja was, you know, grinding it out of the other end. Um, but Kerry was just. I thought he was phenomenal um, getting that seventy-one order, which was the game-defining partnership. Yeah, it's a good point. So I think we probably think of him as a, a sort of a, a BBL basher sort of thing. But actually, there, there weren't any six in his knock. It was eleven bounds, I think, and a, a, but still a, a kind of a runner ball innings and it, it was sort of counter-attacking in its own way wasn't it and that he didn't let the New Zealand bowlers bolt him because he was ticking over the strike and making sure that the partnership was built kind of straight away wasn't it and uh, and he because and he, he can do both things can't he he can explode and but he can rebuild he did he did against West Indies as well the other game when Australia have struggled at the top of the order yeah it's just a really sort of understated cricketer he's someone we haven't really paid attention to but mm. over the last few months he's really he's really come to the fore for Australia and um really bailed them out today because they have been so reliant on those two up top and you know you go back to the West Indies game when Nathan Courtenard played that really crucial innings I'd put Alex Carey's innings sort of alongside that one in in just how um, it just swung back that momentum for Australia and um, yeah it was just a very impressive knock yeah okay and then is it fair to say that in a way New Zealand never really looked like Chasing it, it wasn't. It wasn't loads. But I, I sort of get the same sense against when India played West Indies the other day. That even though India didn't get loads, that it was going to take something special to chase it down. Especially when there's a bowler of the quality of Mitchell Stark, who took his took another five wicket haul. his third in the World Cup, and no bowler in history has ever taken more. He's now taken twenty four wickets this competition, uh, which is more than he took in two thousand fifteen when he was the leading wicket taker and player of the tournament. I don't know. We need to say too much on him because we talk about him loads. <laughs> Uh, but he's he's just he's just a brilliant bowler. But I, I guess the question really is: Is it kind of something kind of concerns for New Zealand, despite them having had such a brilliant start to the competition? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your point. You know what you mentioned there earlier: whether New Zealand ever looked like they were in it. And while watching that chase, it just never felt that way. There wasn't there wasn't much intent when Williamson and Ross Taylor were batting together. Just because they are Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor, you think 
you know, maybe maybe they've got a shot here. But then we come back to the man, Stark, who just comes in. Average gives, gives him the ball to, you know, just come on for two overs, take a wicket, and he just seems to do it every time. And it's, it's quite exceptional. Um, he is just, no, and I'm, I'm playable at times. Good, good ball to get Williamson out today. And with New Zealand, um, I saw them play against Pakistan. I don't think there needs to be... That was their first loss of the tournament, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I don't think there needs to be overly concerned. They're a quality side. They've got what, 11 points for a reason. But there are worries, of course, at the top of the order, uh, especially Martin Guptill doesn't really look himself. Um, you know, he had a fantastic World Cup four years ago and he's really not sort of delivered this time round. And he's, so weirdly, he's been brilliant in the field, hasn't he? You, you often see with batsmen when they're out of nick, they just can't, can't get a hand to it. I think of Keaton Jennings in the test side yeah. last summer when he was... Uh, he just he just was dropping everything, and it was it, it wasn't even dropping it. It was passing right through his legs, that and getting in there. And the same with with Darren Mann, and they found the way. Well, Keaton didn't find his way out the, the side, but he was near to being dropped, and then scored the brilliant hundred and flank, and then was catching everything. Whereas Guptill, he took an absolute screamer at leg gully, didn't he? And uh, as like you see all these Crickvis charts where he's right at the top of everything. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because you see him in the in the field, he doesn't look like he's particularly downbeat. I guess he's just sort of out of nick, but not out of out of sorts in a way I don't know yeah. I mean that was that was a ridiculous catch yeah. <laughs> it's sensational so because you, you, you were you were there live and watching it what was the, the reaction like because it, let, do, do, you, do you want to talk us through it I guess it was a uh, yeah well I saw Steve Smith hit the ball and then I was looking towards the boundary uh, because I, that's where I thought the ball was ending up and then she got to sort of get out of the, out of the ground and he's you know, just got and everyone's just losing it in the, in, in, in the press box and well. sort of smoking yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like he'd taken his hand off completely it was, um, a, it was just, just, just for you listening if you didn't watch it it was a, a hook shot and Martin Gupta was placed at leg gully which I guess is a brilliant bit of captaincy from Cambridge <laughs> yeah, well, no, I guess yeah you could say so yeah uh, and you'd like hook shots don't get caught at leg gully, but somehow somehow this one did. It's uh, it's really well worth a watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Martin Gipsall and I guess New Zealand's top order in general. Yeah. So I mean, they 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 dropped Colin, Colin Monroe. Um, gave Henry Nichols a go, but I think he only got about eight. Um, that's an issue. Tom Latham um, doesn't seem in, in the greatest nick too. Uh, last game, the positive was just how well uh, Jimmy Neesham and Conde Graham batted. So there is still a very you know capable and, and solid batting lineup there. It's just those little things that might might be of concern. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly concerned if I was a New Zealand fan. Uh, Australia do look top of the game. Um, and so, you know, you hands up to the no, Australian no, no shame in losing, sure. I I guess the thing for me is I just wonder if they could have uh, made a change to the lineup before today. Like so that it, it seems like a reaction to having lost their first game, but the signs were there. Colin Monroe wasn't really scoring any runs. Uh, Matt Henry wasn't looking at his best with the ball. A lot of people were saying you kind of want to get a leg spinner in. It hasn't been a, a leg spinner's tournament, but Ishodi is, is that quality of bowler that you want to maybe get him in. But it's only as a reaction to defeat that they've brought those two in. Now they've got a game against England and then the semi-finals. They don't have a lot of time to get it right, even though these signs have been there for a while. Like They might come to the, semi, the World Cup semi-finals without Tim Southey having the ball the tournament right yeah that's right which would be which would be well it's, it's bizarre to suggest at the beginning of the tournament that might have happened and yeah. yeah it just feels like they haven't nailed their best 11 despite having basically qualified for the semi-finals it's an odd one yeah and I thought um, there's another guy sitting on sidelines Tom Blundell um, yeah. not playing ODI yet but got a century in one of the warm-ups mm-hmm. and, and he's not had a, been given a go yet um, so it'll be interesting what happens now when they play England and what changes they make there because you know they're actually running out of chances in a way to sort of 
try and test a few people. Yeah, and there's they're, they're still not quite qualified, even not not just mathematically. If they if they lose in a big way to England, then their net run rate will take another hit, as it did today. And uh, Bangladesh, especially if they win their last two games, one of which is against India, but we know they're a good side, and that India have had some frailties and stuff. We shouldn't be too surprised if they shot them there. They yeah they could end up sort of ruining. Like yeah, they're not totally secure yet. Um, anyway, that's enough on that game. I think let's get <laughs> let's get onto uh, onto the, uh, the the thriller Afghanistan Pakistan. What you're all here for, and uh, and my moment of the day, which is a uh, uh, Naib's Naib's his penultimate over, which I think was the 46th over of Pakistan's chase. And it was it was nip and tuck at this point, and uh, what it looked like is that spin had been the way to go, and Gulbadin Naib is a sort of a, an honest seamer, but but not much more, and he. Uh, comes on and goes for 16 in the over and it sort of it sort of tur- turned the contest on its head there and uh, there was a lot of stick for him on on social media a lot of people saying maybe even accusing him of of match fixing it was it's, uh, quite quite some quite poor things being said really and I think there needs to be some defense made of his decision because he was kind of hamstrung so Hamid Hassan who's there uh, opening bowler went off with injury after two overs so he was always being forced to make up some overs and Samuel Shenwari is how he'd done that who is a, a part-time left-arm spinner who'd bowled well gone at just four and over in his eight overs but in the 46 over of a clutch contest do you want to be chucking your ball to a part-time when spin is the way to go or do you want to bring yourself in as the captain like an established frontline bowler for your country it's it's, it's just it's, it's a much more marginal call than it seems in hindsight and I think there even needs to be a almost more praise given to him for the fact that he then came back and bowled the, the final over of the day, uh, which he, they ended up when, when they lost the game. But it was, uh, you know, you, you don't get a lot of players who, having gone for 16 and over, come back and want to bowl the 50th over. And I think he's done a, a good job in quite trying circumstances for Afghanistan. Have you, you've been at some of Afghanistan's games, have you, Taha? Is that right? Uh, well, no, actually, I've not been to Afghanistan's game, but that was quite a stern defence of Goodwood United there. I mean... <laughs> He's been um, almost cast in sort of a villainous role, you know. He takes the captaincy of Asghar Afghan and Afghanistan have had this tournament where, you know, they, they still haven't got a win. But, I mean, what do you make of that? Because, you you know, you've followed this development quite a bit, haven't you? This whole captaincy change and all that. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing is that there's been a lot said about Afghanistan's campaign. And I think, I feel like some of it has been a bit wide of the mark. I think people have looked at their qualifying campaign and said, were the signs there then? And for me, that qualifying campaign, the fact that it was close to Afghanistan not making it to this World Cup was more about how the rest of the world has caught up rather than how Afghanistan has slipped behind them. You've got to remember that West Indies also almost didn't make it through and that's West Indies who, you know, smashed possible semi-finalists Pakistan. There's there's not as much of a gap as Afghanistan have made it seem. And there was, there was a tweet from Anshi Rath, I don't know if you saw it, it was a while back. But it was just it came with a degree of sadness, saying like this is not the Afghanistan that we know. And I think that the associate world, of, obviously Afghanistan are a full member, but they still kind of flag bearers. I think for that world as new full members, they sort of feel that their cause is being damaged by this. And there's so much going on behind the scenes that is probably still to come out. I know Phil Simmons, the coach who's leaving after this tournament, has been well. He's been accusing the Afghanistan cricket board of fake news regarding him asking for a contract extension, and has said things about him telling all after the tournament is over. There's been there's been a, lots of changes behind the scenes in the in the Afghanistan cricket board in the, in the board itself has been uh, there's been a lot more politicians come in and it's 
the new selectors who's changed the captaincy around. There's yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on which I think has to come out. I think their their struggles are more to do with that with general turmoil around the setup. And I guess the thing is, is that's what comes with being an established test nation, isn't it? You don't yeah, the, the expectations are definitely higher in Afghanistan now, when as they should be. They're they're, they're a good side, but you know we talk about all the doom and gloom with Afghanistan. You know all the politics going on in the background, but. They've not been that bad. That's true. Yeah, they've almost won. They they nearly beat India, Sri Lanka. They botched a run chase. Um, That 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 I think that might be one they look back on and think you know we could we could have got that win definitely. And you know today they it was it was a nervy win for Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, that that, really nervy win. That that's true. And I yeah I guess I guess the thing is well as well as the expectations being higher, it's the fact that people are going to want a piece of Afghanistan cricket in the country and they're going to start getting pulled from all sides in a way that they weren't before and it's how they I guess they, they deal with those yeah. influences but you're right and uh, is, do, you, do you think is there something in the fact that it's the uh, the three Asian sides that they've come close to beating who they have familiarity with playing in in the Asia Cup and familiar and that, and that sort of thing is there, is there is there something in that that they have a sort of less of a psychological hang up against them having I mean they what they do they tie with India in the Asia Cup well, they, last they year, they had a decent Asia Cup, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. got semi-finals, and yeah, it must. Be, it, I think that's definitely a, a pretty strong factor. That could be quite a strong factor. You know, they've not played. These conditions are very alien to them, mm-hmm. and we have to recognise that. And yeah, with that's that's. A, I mean, that's a pretty valid point, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and uh, on on Pakistan, I guess. So you were at the game uh, when Babrizan scored that that nerveless hundred, and I'd say yeah. I'd say in that game they were nerveless, and in this game. <laughs> they were the opposite, I guess. Well, what do you make of them today? Well, it's just you know, this is Pakistan cricket. You know, yeah. you don't you don't get the the, the news in performance is a bit of an anomaly. Such such was the, the control of that run trace. The only time there was a sense of nerve, a sense of nerves in that game was when when Mohammed Hafiz got out, and it felt like they might follow sort of a similar pattern to what happened against Australia uh, when Hafiz got out to Aaron Finch, and then. And then the run case sort of collapsed and, and whatnot. But then the other day, you know, Harris Sahel and Barbarism were, were exceptional and just the way Pakistan dominated New Zealand that run chase was brilliant to watch. And then today you get Pakistan doing Pakistan things, you know. Imam Al-Haq tries to go downtown and get stomped. Uh, a fee sort of like, there's not much footwork, you know, footwork and he sort of like slaps it and gets out and then... Safraz gets run out and you know Imad Basim showed it showed a cool head there you know he's a, he's a very understated cricketer but you know bowls very valuable left arm spin doesn't turn it much but you know he'll, he'll keep the runs down he got a couple of wickets today as well and then that sort of fed into his back performance where you know he, he, he gets Pakistan over the line and what a seriously important win um, especially in the context of you know top four places you know England would have loved her Afghanistan win today. Yeah, and if I say it might always seem a sort of old school cricketer, as you say, you don't get that many spinners now who just kind of dart it and don't turn it. You could pick that that's supposed to be to be dead in modern Odia cricket, and he's yeah. showing it's still alive. And then as a batsman as well, he's, he's again he's he's not really one of these big ball strikers. He's more of a, a finisher, more in your your Michael Bevan, not, not nowhere near the same <laughs> class, but 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 the guy who'll take it deep and sort of shepherd the tail rather than the guy who's gonna. Come out and blast fifty or twenty balls. Do you think? Or yeah, I think he's. Has he got both? He's someone people just don't talk about. Yeah. Um, but this guy was involved in the Champions Trophy win, and he's like, he sort of just disappears. And and watching the New Zealand game, I I you know like, you don't really you don't really pay attention to him out of the team. But then he can do these things. He's not. He's he is quite a nervous player actually. Um, and it was with what was going on today. And of course, we'll get to. 
the, the, the external circumstances mm-hmm. of the Pakistan-Afghanistan game. It was an exceptional knock. Yeah. I guess a couple more performances just to mention from the game. Shaheen Afridi took four wickets. Well, I'll uh, let you wax lyrical. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to wax lyrical. I'm just going to say that he's the, the first teenager to take a four-wicket haul at a, a Men's World Cup, and we're surely going to be hearing plenty more of him for the next 10, 15 years, you'd think. Yeah. Uh, he's, just, he's just found his he's found his rhythm now as Shaheen he's, yeah. it's, been, it's been a while you know Pakistan have been in England for quite some time now and he, and, he, and he struggled in those ODIs before the World Cup and he's finally sort of finding his groove against New Zealand he's just sort of found his length mm. and just banged away and you know just got the outside edges and, and I think it's perfect that he's he's coming you know into form at the perfect time for Pakistan yeah and when is he best you think because he's, he's, he's obviously is a tall a tall child <laughs> um, <laughs> Is, is he best when he's banging it in or do you think he's more when he's when he's full? Has he got both? What, what, what does he do? How does he do it best? I don't know. I mean, this is guy... We're still learning a lot about Shaheen Afridi yeah. and we'll continue to do he's so. He's probably learning a lot about himself, I guess, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. just, you know, like you said, he's a, he's a child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And, uh, and Majib and, and Nabi both bowled brilliant again. Majib has had a, a stirring comeback, I think. He went around the park against Australia and then bowled just the three overs against Sri Lanka, I think, and then like kept his cool when Owen Morgan was going crazy against England and has, has, has bowled brilliantly since then. He's opening the bowling sort of unique thing for a, a spinner to be a new ball specialist and has sort of got that niche almost in, in world cricket. Um, but yeah, it's really great to see him back. Uh, but yeah, so you, you alluded to it and I think we probably should talk about the uh, the, the crowd issues at Heading Lee today. Do you want to sort of sum those up for us, I guess? Yeah, I mean, well, we saw that I think people were seeing the, the clips doing rounds on social media of just the brawls that broke out and it's... People ejected from the ground, weren't they? Yeah, people, yeah. yeah the, the, that's right, people ejected from the ground and it's kind of just really put a dampener on, you know, you know, made things quite sad, especially because a lot of the talk about what's made this tournament quite... Uh, a lot. Of, one major positive about this tournament is, you know, some of these crowds, you know, we go to like, you know, Bangladesh games. I was at Pakistan, New Zealand and the crowd at the end, I, I was watching the crowd and... Uh, I think it was Barber got to 99. I knew he thought he'd got to a ton, but it was just him getting to 99, just getting closer. And it was just the crowd erupting. And, you know, just, you didn't see any sort of anger in the crowd. You just saw goodwill. And um, obviously what, what, what's, what we've seen in the footage today is just, um, it's just really sad and disappointing and um, overshadows what was a, a very, you know, tense, you know, thriller of a game. Yeah, okay. Um, should, we, should we touch on... England, India tomorrow. Uh, I mean, look, looks like looks like Jason Roy is going to be fit, which is good news. Slightly more doubts over Jofra Archer, but again, that means England can bring back in Liam Plunkett. I guess. How, I guess. How do you see that game shaping up briefly? Because yeah. well, I will say if Roy comes back in, it's with this England side. What, what's been great about watching this England side the last four years is that when someone's dropped out, you've never really felt like they've missed that person that much because someone comes back in and they're a very adequate replacement. Um, so when Jason Roy was, you know, previously dropping outside, you know, you'd get like an Alex Hales come back in and they've really missed Roy. They really have. Um, so, you know, we don't know if he's... I doubt he's really fully fit, even if he plays. Um, but that, oh, I guess, maybe psychologically that also really helps him just knowing that Jason Roy is there. Um, Archer will be a big miss. Um, I think he's just been well international cricket has just been you know child's play for him really yeah. uh, since he's since he's come in but then you know England do have Liam Plunkett who's another very understated cricketer who will get the job done he'll take wickets but then he's also you know they're very, two very different fast bowlers that England have 
Um, it's going to be just a nervy day. Yeah. Uh, England fans, I, you know, if you're a crazy England fan, then you know you might have. It might be tough to get sleep tonight. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Uh... Let's, uh, so what, what, what were you doing tomorrow? Are you watching it or, or what are your plans for tomorrow? I will be watching it, yeah, but I might try and you know, keep my mind off cricket, maybe go for a movie, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I heard rumours of watching yesterday, is that right? Oh, those rumours are, rumors are true, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I hope you enjoy a, a rare and well-deserved day off. This has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed with memories since 1979. I hope you've enjoyed our company. You're back in the in the safe hands of Yaz tomorrow. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.